are you? Yes, you. Looking for a spectacular listening experience? Then you've come to the right place. Care to have your ear holes entertained by music chatter? Then be sure to stick around. Is this everything you've ever wanted and more? Then don't forget to blast beat those special buttons, you, for more quivering eargasms. Hello everyone, welcome back to Sounds That Changed My Life. It's been a few weeks. Um, and this is an episode covering the Foo Fighters album, Wasting Light. This is also a new episode and a new era introducing Ben, who you will see below me on camera. If you're not um, watching on video, you just heard say blow me. <laughs> blow. Um, so yeah, um, welcome to Ben. This is actually his album that he's chose. He's a new member of the team. We've known him for a good few years. Um, and he's going to be coming on board to help us with other stuff around the podcast and stuff that we've got coming up. But that's all secret. So hello, Ben. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. This is all a bit part weird. of the team now, so <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're going to be seeing a hell of a lot more of you. So, obviously, in terms of yeah, this podcast, to it. yeah, <laughs> in terms of this podcast, this will be the second time we've actually had a guest, but he's not actually a guest. If that makes any sort of sense. Um, so, I wanted to throw Ben in the deep end at the beginning of this podcast because obviously people don't know who he is. He don't, people only really know who me and Josh are if they listen to the podcast or watch the YouTube channel. Um, so I'm going to throw, and you, you can go into as much detail as you want or not at all. I want your top five favorite bands. Uh, Foo Fighters, The Beatles. Uh, got a guitar trash for them too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Two favorite Alter bands. Breach. Okay. Very nice. Uh, periphery. Ooh. And... Didn't expect Periphery. Ooh. One more. I can't think of a fifth now. One oh, more. I can do it. I can do it. Can do it. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Just a nod to my dad because he's one of my favourites. Adam and the Ants. Ooh. Okay. I thought, nice. I thought Queen was going to come up. Wild card one there. Yeah. I'd probably say Queen is six. Oh. Fuck you, Freddie. Close, close five, <laughs> so, um... It, it, those top five can fluctuate at any given time, but I'd probably say, yeah, Foo Fighters and Beatles are definitely the top two always. Yeah, I think we say that a lot on the podcast, though. Like, we... You know, that stuff will move all the time. If you go, oh, this is my favourite song, or this is in my top five favourite songs, that's always going to change. Like, it's not always going to be the same, is it? It's, oh, exactly, yeah. It's dependent on mood, I think. Yeah, definitely. So part of Ben's job as being on the podcast now is I can't really say too much of what we're going to be doing going forward because it's sort of secret. But we're bringing him on because, A, I get bored of seeing mine and Josh's face. <laughs> B, um, sometimes we just talk about how we feel about the albums quite a lot and we don't really talk about initial reception, background, all that sort of stuff. 
I don't even know if Ben's looked at any of that stuff as part of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but that initially was the idea that we've got him as part of the podcast. Mm. So have it's, you looked at anything? I think it's going to be cool. Um, I know, like, say, like, why this particular album's had a big influence in my life. But, like, even just doing this, I've had the enjoyment of actually looking more into the album. Yeah. So, like, the behind the scenes or how, it's, how it was made and everything. So that's been quite enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one with me because I know quite a lot about this album anyway, just because it was a very influential album to myself when it came out anyway. Um, the one thing that surprised me preparing for this podcast is that Josh hadn't really listened to it. Okay, yeah, I've got a confession. If I'm completely honest... I'm your today, fool. Sorry, just had to throw that in there. <laughs> today was the first time actually hearing this album. I know three of the songs on there, like from hearing it on Greatest uh, greatest Hits and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I am very ashamed. Oh, I do apologise. Uh, well, what, what did you think after hearing it for the first time? Uh, it's good. I, I don't know why I haven't listened to it, to be honest. The songs that I do know are very catchy. Um, there were uh, Rope, uh, These yep. Days, and Walk. Those yeah. absolute bangers. Um, I'd be surprised so, if you said any others apart from them through. Yeah. No, it's um yeah, it's very good. Um quite excited to hear your uh, points of view about this album. That like being someone that doesn't know too much about it or like the background and all that kind of stuff, so Yeah, well for me there is say there's a lot of sentimental value to the album. Like okay. I think, like like most people, before I heard the album, like I knew who Foo Fighters were, but mm. I wasn't obsessed with them. I kind of got shown them by my cousin who was mad about them, and it was just after Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace come out. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously there was like the, obviously every everybody knows the Pretender by now. Like, you know, yeah. that was quite catchy to me. But then, obviously, my cousin said, oh, their new album's coming out. And then as soon as it come out, like, um, kind of slapped it on my MP3 player. That shows how old we are. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and it just, there's just different memories to, like, certain songs within the album. Okay. No, I, I, you know, that's like, one thing that we've discussed on the podcast uh, quite a lot before. Like the whole reason is this is uh, why specific albums or sounds change their lives. And like, obviously you're going straight into it saying that you've got specific songs make you uh, think of certain memories, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Like that... it was kind of, Oops, sorry, go on. Is there any that particularly like jump out to you uh, the most? Yeah, one particular, and it's um, it's actually probably my favourite song from the album, um, Arlandria. Mm, yes. And I remember... <laughs> 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 no, um, I was at a house party, so I think it was just after it came out, and I couldn't be bothered to stay there, and it was probably like three o'clock in the morning. And so, like... To anybody who doesn't know Birmingham that well, so obviously you two know, I walked from by the Queen Elizabeth Hospital all the way home. So it was a good 
hour, hour and a half walk, probably longer than that. And so I just listened, I just started put like, put my MP3 player on, and that song was I think it was halfway home, and it just really resonated with me, and it just stuck with me that one particular song, and I just kept on playing it over and over again until the point I got fed up with it for a bit, but eventually just say like. It just that passion for that song to kind of just come back and it's just kind of stuck. I think everybody has songs like that though. I mean, the yeah. especially to be fair, talking about this album, the the one song um that kind of I got into quite late when this album came out, but it, it was the same sort of treatment with me. I listened to it a lot was uh, I should have known. Yeah, that that's a beautiful song. I love how to me that one it, it just starts off quite I want to say I want I don't want to say dark, but just quite slow. But then it just builds and builds. It's quite moody. Like it's it's a weird one yeah. because when I first heard that one, like I tend to get into songs quite a lot after I've watched like a documentary or a, a making of and stuff like that. Um, and I saw how this song was made when I watched the documentary of the album, and it really um, made me appreciate it so much more. You know, using baritones and you know, not just a bass guitar, baritones, guitars as well. And, it, you know, I think them yeah. expanding, expanding the band lineup as part of the album as well really sort of pushed the album forward as well, in a way. Yeah, because this was the first album where Pat come back. He was yeah. like, he'd done sessions with Echo, Silent Patience and Grace, and he toured with the band for a bit. But I believe it was his first... I think it was since it was his first time back officially in the band since like nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Yeah, and I think he, for most of most of the recording he did use a baritone. Yeah, it's it's great, and they the the sound you can hear it on the album as well. Um yeah. I I loved it just because, um, I think like you said, it was the first official album that he was back, but you you know they've obviously at that point Rami, who's their keyboard player. Um, yep. was playing with them too, and he's been playing with them for quite a few years. Um, yeah. And then obviously he became an official member on the album after. Um, so it's quite interesting just because I think they're applying um, members to stuff that they need um, rather than just going, oh, let's, let's have a session musician. It's like, okay, you know what, you're one of the family now sort of thing. Right, so getting back into it after a technical issue, sorry, <laughs> I was going to ask Josh what your uh, kind of thoughts on the album were because you, obviously, me and Ben have just been talking about what's quite important to us and what we picked up on, but as a, someone that's, I'd say, sort of uninitiated on the album, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I had the album on in the background whilst I was at work today, so I didn't have full attention on it, but the songs that I did really pay attention to were obviously the three which I uh, already knew of. Um, White Limo, Arlandria, and A Matter of Time, um, like I did make sure I listened to, because uh, they caught my eye, well, caught my ears, I suppose. Um, yeah, it, it's really strange. Like there's, um, The best way I can say it is it sounds very gritty, um, Almost as if it was uh I don't know, quite raw, like 
analog sounding. Um, not that it I was really recorded know. in analog. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it, it is an album which I think I will go back to and listen to now. I am not aware of its existence. Like To be honest, I haven't really listened to a lot of their other stuff apart from their main uh, main songs, which is quite a shame to say, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of a funny one because now that you bring the analogue thing up, um, the one thing that really kind of pulled me toward this album was because of that. Like, I remember buying it on CD years ago and uh, in every CD they put in a piece of the tape that they recorded on. Really? Because uh, an- the whole album was recorded to analogue. Um, mm. So to to tape, so that obviously that means that you can't you can't manipulate things, and you have to cut it, you know. And th- there's a certain sort of art form to it, I'd say. Um, it was but, all recorded in Dave's garage as well, in his house. Yeah. Oh no way. And I think that whole raw sound is because you know with analog tape and things like that, you can push it to within an inch in an inch of its life when it comes to actually like you know, gain staging and stuff like that. So, you know, when you're getting your levels on a digital, you know, studio bench and stuff like that, you know, if you're pushing the guitar to get as loud as you can, there's only a certain loudness you can take it to before it starts clipping and you get noise, bad noise mm-hmm. that you don't want. Yeah. Whereas when you do it with analog tape, you push it and it just gives a nice distortion and warmth to the sound. Yeah. And you can hear that and you can especially hear it on the drums on the album as well. That's mad. Well, uh, of going back to what you said about like their extended family and that as well, there is a very like Nevada in like set like scent presence within the album as well, just because of who they had working with them. Like they had Butch Vig, who worked on the Nevermind album. Yeah, like he he had to go and pretty much relearn a lot of the editing techniques because it'd been so long since he pretty much, you know, with the equipment they were using. So he completely was literally learning all that all over again. It's quite nice as well, because when you look at it, it was basically, especially when you look at tracks like I Should Have Known, essentially that was Nirvana without Kurt, because you've got Dave. Yeah, you got Chris in it, yeah. Yeah, you got Chris, and then you've got Pat, and then obviously Butch has produced it. So, you know, that's the closest thing you're getting. Like and you can tell because it's um being as it's quite a raw song as well, you can sort of hear it in a the subject matter of the the music, but also you know you can tell when you listen to it, you go, mm, is that the basis from Nirvana? I'm sure it is because you can yeah. you can hear it. Um, he's got a very particular playing style, so I, I quite enjoyed that to be fair, and I didn't actually know about that until until I watched that documentary, and then at that point I was like, oh, that makes complete sense now. I think I found it, I think, was it somebody put up some of the documentary on YouTube, and that's how I, it's how I found out about it. most of the recording was done from his garage. You know, like, I think, I can't remember since what album, but for like most of the most, I think half of the albums they've done, um, Dave's used his original Trini Lopez. Yeah. So he's constantly got that original sound. I think it's cool, though, because... You know go on, Josh, sorry. You know for a fact the sound ain't going to change then, like, especially because yeah. like, they've been going for so long. 
I mean, to be fair, from the extensive knowledge that you have on this album, you can tell that you are a very big fan of these. and It's quite well, interesting it's, to see a, a different perspective to it as well. A part of it was, like, it's obviously been prepared for doing this podcast as well. Most of the stuff that I've only just been, like, researching for the past few weeks. I, did, I knew that the album was a big you know, a big part of my life, but obviously doing research behind the scenes, you know, it even fascinates me more, like going, learning what went into making it. Yeah. You really learn to appreciate it as well then, I think. Sorry to speak over you, Josh. Yeah, I think you just learn to have another level of appreciation to an album when you start learning the background of it. Mm. Um, I Like, obviously we we did a podcast on P3, the periphery album, um, and obviously at that point, you look at it and you realise, God, I really appreciate that so much more after you watch the, do- the documentary and the making of of the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Josh, what were you, what were you going to ask? Uh, what What was the reason why you picked this specific album rather than any of the others? Purely, I think it's just because it's where my obsession for them kind of begun. Once again, like I said, I, I knew about them, but it wasn't until I heard this album, I was like, oh, God, like, they're brilliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know they're good, but now they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So something really did stand out to you within this album then? Oh, ab- absolutely. I think so, it's... Like, I mean... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's interesting because when you look at this album... Like we said it on like a previous podcast, like when we were doing rundowns and things like that. One of my favorite songs of all time, and it's probably up there in like my top two or three, is Everlong. But then you yeah. look at if you were to turn around and be like, "Oh, favorite Foo Fighters album," I go Wasting Light. There's not even a hesitation to it. Well, yeah. apparently Dave wanted Wasting Light to be their like define what Foo Fighters was, like not to say it was he didn't want it think oh this is going to be our best album he just wanted it to be like this is what Foo Fighters are and he pretty I think during an article or something he quoted he wanted it to be like like the Black Album is to Metallica it's not the best album but it's what people identify Metallica with yeah stripping everything back rebuilding the roots and like getting it all from there that's that's a really interesting way you've put about it to be fair I, I didn't know that to be honest I think when you listen to an album that was recorded at home as well, like because obviously, okay, he, it wasn't recorded in the same circumstances that we would record at home. You know, mm-hmm. he still had a pretty sick setup and a you know a, a better studio than most of us will ever have. But still, like when someone is recording something completely from home, um, and in that sort of scenario, you think you know you can you can hear even if it's like a downbeat song and stuff like that. You can hear when someone's happy recording an album. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, usually tell if someone's miserable. Like when when you listen to an album, you know you can hear when people are happy behind the scenes. Yeah, because you get that. Uh, uh, you don't get no half-assed takes or anything like that. I think you really pick up on that on this album as well. Yes, yeah. like. From my initial thoughts when I'm listening to this album today, I, to be honest, I did think it was quite a, a moody album. Um, I do apologise if you can hear my cat in the background. <laughs> um, it's like, food, food. <laughs> no. 
Um, yeah, it, it seemed quite raw, uh, back to basics. Like, it wasn't crazy complicated. Um, <laughs> I do apologize. Um, but yeah, I'm very moody, but given the circumstances, they like pretty much rebuilt everything and uh, got uh, other members back in and, and whatnot. Hearing from your your thoughts and uh, like the knowledge from the uh, I bloody lost my. Uh, Go on, Josh. You've got it. You've got it. <laughs> Ignore the cat. You've got it. <laughs> you yeah. can wait for his food. Do it. <laughs> Hearing all of the, it will come. <laughs> <laughs> Research, that's it. Bloody there we crossed. go. Hearing all the research that you've done, um, it really does bring a different light to the album. Like it's, it's definitely making me want to go and watch that documentary that you uh, both have been saying about so I can get more of an understanding of why you enjoy it so much. And then I'll, obviously I'll listen to the album more and more like in the, in the near future so I can like, piece two and two together. I think the the promotional campaign for the album as well was so much better. Like the, yeah. for instance, they did like a tour when they went to like people's back gardens and played shows, and they played That's crazy. They played shows from like people's barns and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't only that, but then you start looking at they played the whole album on on YouTube. You can go and find it. They they've got their own studio, six oh six. Um, mm. And they recorded the whole album live as like a live set in 606 when the album came out. And still to this day, watching that back is one of my favorite live sets. Just because they, they just go through the whole album and just rip through it. And you can see that they're loving it. And I think it's when you tear stuff back and rebuild it, like you said, you can see the enjoyment behind the band. Um, mm. But yeah. you, like for instance, I thought. Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace was quite lacklustre, personally. I didn't like it that much. And then this album was like, ooh, this kicks ass. I found that Echoes was very, to me, it felt a bit too melodic. And it did kind of go away from what Foo Fighters were in the past few albums yeah. they did. I, so yeah, I definitely so. get you on that. I think it's just, you know, the, the, the best stuff that they do has an edge to it. Yeah, and I just don't I, think that the, album had it, to be honest. Yeah, at the top of my head, I can say, like without a shadow of a doubt, the like the two songs out of Echoes that I love are "The Pretender" but and uh, "Come Alive." The others, like I'm not too fussed about. Is like I'd, I'd I'll still listen to them, but it's not one I think. Oh, I really need to listen to that. Not like "Long Road to Ruin." No, neither. Really? No. <laughs> oh man. Try learning um, Ballad of the Beaconsfield Miners. I just, oh. I thought, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's it's a very difficult one because that album to me, I I, I like to look at the whole package. So, you know, even stuff down to the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stuff like the artwork and, you know, the music didn't match up with how the artwork looked and stuff like that. And I know that's not the whole thing. But you look at the artwork and you think, oh, this might be a bit of a moody album. And you go listen to something like um, 
Long Road to Ruin, for instance. You know, and you are right, Ben. It's, it's to me, it's a bit too melodic. Like they're a riffy band, yeah. and they're better when they like kick it up a gear. But that album, I didn't feel like it did. Also, even after doing, say, doing the research uh, for the podcast, I didn't realise that I think that Wasting Light would have been out a year early because they were going to start recording after they finished their last tour in 2008. Uh, But they decided to take a break. And then in between finishing the tour and then recording the album, Wasting Light, obviously they had their greatest hits. And me going on about how big of a diehard Foo Fighters a fan I am, I didn't even realise it was the greatest hits album when they released Wheels. Yeah, it was. It was that. And there was an acoustic version of Everlong on it as well. And Word Forward as well. They released that on the greatest hits as well. Yeah, I remember that. I remember, I remember having that at home. Um, we had it on CD, and I was like, "This is great!" And half of the stuff I didn't because at that point I wasn't, I didn't know a lot about Foo Fighters. You know, we had yeah. In Your Honor, and I had that on CD and stuff like that. But like, I didn't know half of that was like old Foo Fighters stuff. So yeah. I was just sat there and I was like, "Holy crap! Like, this is really good." And then, obviously, it being a great hit, it's going to be, isn't it? Um, but I I enjoy their stuff later on. I th- I feel like the yeah. um wasting light album sort of opened my eyes to what they could be. Um and then yeah. I, I really love Sonic Highways. Um but I don't know if I would have loved Sonic Highways as much if they hadn't have made the T V program to go along with it. Yeah, definitely. It's like me me and like my cousin's kind of the opposite. He's more the, the the older stuff to him is better, and he doesn't really like the newer stuff they've come out with. Yeah, you know, like when Concrete and Gold come out, I really enjoyed it. Whereas he just he said he couldn't get on with it. To him, it wasn't Foo Fighters to him, and you know that that's debatable to any like you know that, to each to their own really. But it's definitely a lot softer. I mean, I have listened yeah. to that one quite a few times, and. um there was a lot of like radio ready songs on there, um, especially what is it, uh, "Skies and Neighborhood." Yeah, so that's one that, of the songs. Yeah. I, I don't know if it is that song actually, but on the album they worked with the producer that worked with Adele. Um, and you know he's he's also a songwriter and stuff like that as well. And apparently him and Dave really get on. Um, but he is he's more of a pop producer. Um, so you do see him step in a different direction on the album. A Concrete and Gold, I didn't, I didn't get on with all too well. Mm. I enjoyed it, and I, I think one of the main reasons I enjoyed it is because it's. I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure it's the first album where Taylor did vocals on a song. No, I'm pretty sure he does a song on In Your Honor. There you go. See, I was, cor- uh, I was corrected. Cold Day in the Sun, if I remember rightly, he does that one. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah. that. So um, silly me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like to be fair, I just don't think I gave the album as much of a go as I should have. I probably should have given it a, a bit more of a try, but I didn't. I, and I have to be honest, I've not listened to Min, uh, Medicine Medicine Midnight. That's a new one, isn't it? Yeah, I've not listened one, yeah. to that one at all. If if I'm very honest, which I'm kind of. Shame. I, <laughs> I'm even. I'm like half and half with medicine at midnight. Like 
there are some very melodic songs in that, like Chasing Birds. As melodic as it is, and I'm thinking, oh, it's not really Foo Fighters. I do really enjoy that one. Yeah. I, I like I really like the riffy side of them and that I do I enjoy a lot of the earlier stuff for that reason. Um because you know that's for me that's what kind of got me into them. Yeah. I think everyone has an element of a band that they sort of latch onto because that's what you know, even though it's nostalgic, that's what they prefer to hear from that band, I think. Well, going back on what you said earlier, like going um when it was on about you kind of only get on with the songs that you hear like after you've discovered them. Like say, like obviously the earlier Foo Fighter stuff, you like you, you prefer the newer stuff. Yeah. Like I get that because I didn't know, say going a bit off topic here, I didn't know much about Avenged Sevenfold until I met Josh. And <laughs> oh, I prefer the newer stuff than it? their older stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's right though, because you do, like for instance, and this is a great thing about this podcast, I think, not to blow our own trumpets or anything, but... You know, it is just people talking about what they latch onto with an album and what makes them really love that album. But to me, you know, music is a very social thing. And, yeah. you know, you, you're you right. Like, you, you will hear an album and you'll go, God, I, I really... Like, I, for instance, Tom, who we had on the podcast before, um, and, you know, we've written music with him countless times and all that sort of stuff when we was in school together, he showed me Bring Me The Horizon, and I was like, I was in the mindset of, oh, no, oh, because they were like, you know, they were probably the the big thing in the scene at the time. I was like, oh, I don't want to know them because they're cool sort of thing. <laughs> and then, Do you want I me remember, to break your heart right now, Tom? Go on. I'm not that big on Bring Me The Horizon. Shut your mouth, you liar. <laughs> but yeah it was a, to be fair when we i was at his house one day and he just basically put suicide season on in front of me and i was like oh my god what is this um and then after that i was like showing everyone i was like go listen to this album this is great listen to it um and i, I don't think it's particular songs but it's it's someone going right listen to this like l- actually listen to this the, like most of the times that that's been brought up in my life has been because of that situation. I remember being at a friend's house before that I went to school with, and he put subliminal verses on in front of me, and he basically put it on one of these old Walkmans with a CD player thing. Put put the headphones in, give me the headphones. He was like, listen to this, and he scared the shit out of me, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty about music is because, like you said, it's so social. Like, I could turn around and say, uh, I don't know, subliminal verses. I, I might absolutely love it to the point where I obsess over it, but then you could turn around and say, oh, mm, it was okay. Like, nobody's right or wrong. It's just complete opinion base, which is yeah. fantastic. Because you get so much conversation out of it, like, re- regardless whether you agree or disagree, like, it, it is a really amazing thing. And I, I am so glad how much it's evolved over years. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing is, is that, you know, you can't, like you said, there's no right or wrong to it, and you can't you can't hold it against someone if someone's got a, a different opinion to you in terms of music. That's how oh, things are. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't like an album, more reasons to talk about it, more reasons to say, oh, actually, yeah. you know, this is probably what you should check out if you like something more along that line. 
Mm. You know, it's and that's where you go on. That's where you start broadening your horizons in terms of you like your music knowledge. Yeah, I've I've done it so many times yeah. where I've made my mind up on a band, and I'm like, oh, I don't like these. And then, like the the biggest thing, and I'm pretty sure I said this to you many times, Josh, is the biggest thing that ever happened to me. I went to see Bring Me. And I made my mind up on Day to Remember, and I was like, uh, no. And I'd never really given my chance. And I, I went to see them, and uh, basically they were supporting Bring Me. And everyone in the audience, like the crowd, went wild. And Oh, I can imagine. I was, I was just stood there, I was like, at first, trying to play in my face, like, oh, I don't get this. <laughs> By the end of the set, I was like, this is sick. And like, I really got into them after that. And now they I've seen them. Really I think band. I've seen them like four or five times now. They're they're great. Very very good band. Um, I kind of got that with yes. um, with Alter Bridge. Yeah, like you heard the one song. Like you know what, what which song I'm on about, Tom. And then you kind of just go into. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, that's just was derailed saying? everything. <laughs> God, keep yeah. it going, keep it going. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, Ben's yeah, a wrestling just, fan too. That's what he was talking about. There we yeah. go. Um whoever's watching this on YouTube, whoever gave the comment that Tom looks like Kevin Owens, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, just like after hearing uh you know, that one song you go and look at, you know, oh, House of Day come out with. And then funny enough, I think around the time I was looking for their, for other songs from Alter Bridge, they just released AB3 and they were doing a tour pretty much at the same time. So I got tickets straight away and they, they were at the first band I ever saw live. I still think that's their best album. Not Let's, let, let's oh, not absolutely. go into like a, uh, let's not derail the pod- podcast anymore talking about Foo Fighters, but my God. AB3 is brilliant. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. This is where Josh is going. No, I do have a question which can bring us back towards Foo Fighters. A good segue. Um, what are, and this goes to both of you, what's your thoughts on DGs? Love it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I'd like to see it live more so. Yeah. But there's a chance we might be as well, remember. Yes. Because we're going in June, <laughs> much to Josh's annoyance. <laughs> I tried to find I Josh a ticket the other night and they were like 200 quid. It was, man. Ooh. And the seats were terrible. I was like, oh, man. There's only I'm two seats left the in, the sa- in the stadium <laughs> and they're separate. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we'll just be like right at the top and we'd be standing. <laughs> Hello, I'll be there in my binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it was really good. I think it was completely out of left field, though. I didn't expect it, yeah. mm. but I really enjoyed I do it. it. Well, I, I do it well. I didn't expect Dave to be able to sing like that, <laughs> and yeah. I don't think he knew himself he could sing like that. But I don't know if they're taking it seriously or not. Clearly, like. At that point, it's a bit of a parody, but you to get those sort of notes and to play it like that, you still have to sort of take it seriously, especially if you're going to record it to record. Yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, though. What about you, Josh? Yeah, it was very good. I was quite surprised, like, the same as both of you, like you two. Uh, I, the only thing is that I just don't understand why they did it. 
Like, it, it's it's brilliant, but why not? No, I guess I don't know. It just seemed just completely out of the blue. Like especially I as think... they released they released their Medicine at Midnight album the same year. I think it was a. I think um... they're just at that stage now where they just they can do what they want and they don't care what people you know. I'm pretty sure for, for I've, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, record day release. You know, in America they have the National Record Day, and mm. loads of bands like re- basically record or release a different version or like B size or a new single and stuff, and they put it out on vinyl. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was for Record Day. Oh, okay. So oh, that makes sense. In terms of because we're coming up to around the sort of time that we usually run our podcast at, so. I'm going to fire it out there, and you're probably already expecting these two questions. First question, favourite track from the album? Either one of you. Alandria, for me. Nice. Very nice. nice. I'm going to go with Rope. Because it's the only one I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got to say, with Rope, you know the one thing that catches me with Rope, that even just listening to it today... I didn't realise how much I enjoyed, like um, Taylor on the drums. There's something about the drums on that track that I love. Yeah, they are heavy drums in that. Like, okay, not yeah. in like a metal sense, but they're like they sound huge in that song for a yeah. garage drum kit. Big, big, big. Crazy. How about you? What's your favourite track? Um. Oh man, I don't know. It's it... probably a matter of time. Hmm. Um. I was listening to it today and I was like, I listened through the whole album like I usually do for the podcast. And then I was like, hmm. And it just reminds me of, you know, when you watch a band, a band do like a vlog for an hour, like um, for an album or a live show. And it's mm. like, there's always that montage yeah. of them driving. Yeah. And you see the highway on yeah. the bus and stuff like that. That just, that song just reminds me of that. And I just, I love the imagery that I get from it. Puts me in a good place. So I'll get, I'll get that. Yeah, I mean, so now I flip it around and I say, right, if you could drop one song from the album, what would it be? Ooh, back and forth. I like that song. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about it. I don't know. For me, it just it's a bit too poppy. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Me personally, I'm not going to answer this question purely for the fact I don't know it well enough to give that answer. I'd like, uh, until I give it a proper go, or maybe in a, a, a future episode, um, I'll just randomly pop it out. This is the one I'll drop. I'll ask you on the next podcast. Sad. Um, <laughs> How about yourself? See, so this might be a bit of a controversial one, and this is just because it stands out like a sore thumb against the rest of the album, and that's probably White Limo. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm I'm saying it's it's a very good song. It's a great song, um, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. But the rest of the album feels very cohesive, mm-hmm. and that's the one song that kind of sticks out to me. And it's the one song that I could probably skip against all the other songs on the album. Yeah. See, you saying that, I'd say as much as a good song as it is, when it, with, in, like, say, inconsistency and that, I'd say 
I should have known would be more inconsistent in that album. Oh, that's I think a, if you listen to them back to back, yeah, because the I think this is just the way the song starts, like the first 30, 40 seconds. Yeah, it takes a long time to get into that song as well. Yeah. I think it, for that reason, though, it has a, you know, it it forces you into that mindset where you're like, okay, I'm expecting something different now. Yeah. You know, they, they, I think they set it up in a way where you go, oh, okay, I'm expecting something a little different now, um, which is rare on albums. Yeah. Usually like, you get like songs you where you're just like, oh, what the hell is happening now? Well, it's like you said, it is a bit of a dark song, and it say like another the last song before that is walk. So you know, if just before you finish on a high, have a bit, have a bit of a grump. Yeah, I mean, if they ended the album on that, I'd say, oh, bit of a bit of a weird <laughs> yeah. moment. Um, I think walk is a very good song to end the album on as well. Yeah, and just to uh, just to segue, I think that's a good thing to say to end the podcast. Oh, we're getting better with these segues. Um, so um, I'm going to kind of leave the floor open just to basically see if anyone wants to say anything before we wrap this up. This is where it goes silent for 40 seconds. Um, no, thank you if you've got this far. Um, we have now a Discord, uh, which you'll be able to find links uh, for invitations and all that kind of stuff in descriptions wherever and all that kind of mumbo jumbo um we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming very soon um so be sure to check out that on the speaker base all the sounds that changed my life uh part of the youtube podcasts and all that kind of mumbo jumbo um yeah anybody else what about you uh, ben Oh, yeah, I was just about to get to that. <laughs> um, I've had fun, and I'm Fucking looking forward so. to doing more. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to what's to come, especially between the three of us now. I hope everybody else has enjoyed having an extra person in this podcast now. And uh, I definitely yeah. have, because then I'm not talking to myself all the time. Sometimes Josh I think we just need quiet. to get the <laughs> Yeah, I think we just need to get the concept because I feel like I've been cutting like people off a lot. No, nah, I think it's one of those that we, me and Josh, have been doing this for a year now, and it's you get to a point where you're like, okay, we're used to two of us. I think it's yeah. a learning curve to go through three of us now. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you guys are still enjoying it, then leave a thumbs up. Um, as usual with the podcast and stuff like that. Um, we've had a bit of an influx of followers and subscribers and stuff on the YouTube channel. If you are listening from that, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, and in terms of everything else, the next podcast that we are planning is going to be a very special one. So make sure that you've got all the buttons clicked. If you are listening on Spotify, hello, because you will be able to see us on video on Spotify now as well. So hello. You can also leave us a question through the link below whether it's on Spotify or um, YouTube, you can click below and you can leave us an audio question. Keep it sensible because we just won't use it if not. Um, And hopefully we will see you in the next one. See you very soon, guys. Bye-bye.